Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you can get podcasts. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. This is Stacking the Box with NFL insider Matt Berteram and Mark Carmen. It is your midweek edition, Stacking the Box, as we prepare for week two and also take a little peek back at week one. Matt Berteram is here. We're looking at you, Philadelphia. We're looking at you, Dallas, the Niners, the Colts, Minnesota, all sitting with week one losses. Who needs a win the most here, Matt, as we get going in, in our look ahead to week two? All those teams need them, but I would almost argue Philly needs it the most, just from a morale standpoint. Like that, you know, it's one thing to lose. Like the Colts loss is really bad, um, but the Eagles, you're up 17 nothing against a bad team. Like Washington, look, defensively, Washington's got some pieces. But that's not a team that you should be losing to if you're a contending football team, especially when you're up 17 zip. Like it's one thing if you lose that game, it's nip and tuck the whole way, something goes wrong. Okay, but it's a divisional game that can happen. Uh, but that's rough. And then, frankly, I'd say one eight of that is the Niners. They are in a very tough division, the toughest division. And you're playing the Jets. You lose to the Jets to go 0 2, it's cataclysmic. So. I'd say those two teams to me stand out. It's like you need to win these games this week. So that's the first time that I think Cataclysmic made it in the first 90 seconds of the podcast. So I think this is a historic podcast. I very much enjoyed that. I'm with you on the Niners. Like, look, uh, you are – and never easy for any team on the West Coast to travel and and play, quote-unquote, the early game. So, uh, But the Jets look so damn bad uh, losing to the Bills that I I don't – I mean, come on. But San Francisco, I mean, it's a road game, so I guess seven points is is still a lot of points. But that's not, uh, you know, they're not being favored by two touchdowns here. So Vegas is giving the Jets a little bit of a chance here, right? Yeah. I mean, it's your – look, that basically says on neutral site they think the Niners are like ten points better. Seven points on the road is a lot. I think the only team that's favored more on the road this week is Kansas City. Nine-point favorite. Yeah, Kansas City is, is laying an obscene amount of points on the road. Uh, we'll get to that game a little bit later. But, uh, you know, look, that's a, that's a lot of points on the road. It is. I mean, but I, ultimately, if you're the Niners, you don't care if you win by seven. You don't care if you win by one. You just have to win. You've got to win the game. Uh, and, and look, I expect that they will. But that's, that's a must win. You cannot go out there and lose to the Jets this weekend if you are San Francisco. The Eagles thing is interesting to me. Where are you at on Carson Wentz right now? Because it's like, how many times do you have to get kicked in the head before you realize, you know what, I don't want to get kicked in the head anymore. There's, a, there's an intelligence 
self-preservation factor that continues to be missing with Wentz, which is not good for the Eagles and or for Wentz. Well, I agree with you uh, on, on everything you said. I do the quarterback rankings here at Fanside every week, every Tuesday, and, and I started with him, with him being, I believe, at 10th. I dropped him to 16th, and it was the biggest drop I had all week long. He, he just played awful football. I went back and watched that game, and early on, he's playing pretty solidly. I mean, I believe he started like 11-13, couple of touchdowns, and then it just completely fell apart. For people who say, well, he got all that pressure on him, Yes, he did. He was sacked eight times, which, of course, is ridiculous. However, during that 11 of 13, I believe the stretch was, um, he was sacked four times in that stretch. So it wasn't as though he had no pressure and then all of a sudden ramped up and was great. He had pressure the whole game, was fine, then all of a sudden just started throwing picks. And I would argue that in the, the picks that he threw, he really wasn't under that much the rest. He needs to be better if they're going anywhere because if he doesn't play really well – Maybe they make the playoffs. Maybe they're you know, a nine and seven type team, but they're not going anywhere. And by the way, yes, I was right. He was 11 of 13 for 165 and two touchdowns to start the game. To finish 13 of 29, 105 yards, two picks, and a lost fumble. It was not pretty. Get rid of the ball. The sacks to me are the bigger problem. They're, they're, he's taking sacks where he's trying to make something happen that he doesn't need to do. It's like he doesn't know his own value. By the way, the Eagles uh, – you're wondering who they're playing this week. They're playing the Rams. They're at home. They're a one-point favorite. Rams beat Dallas. That was a partly on Dallas, and not necessarily you know all the Rams credit in winning the football game. It's not an easy game, no. But they but they should win it. Uh, the tough. I mean, how about look at Minnesota and, and, and Indy? They're they're playing each other. The Colts are a three-point favorite at home. Yep. I, I'm not making. If I'm making, I guess that makes sense. You're calling it a. Pick. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply game, whatever, and, and sure. Indy's at home, so you give them three. Although but, this year, is it? With no, although I guess the Colts threw up some fans. But still, like... No, right, I, right. Like, I, 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 does it really matter? Like, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I can't believe I just got caught in that, because I when I hear other people say, oh, you got to go on the road, like, no, 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 there is no road, there is no home, I, and I just did it. That's that's embarrassing. No, but, but, I, but, but really, it really isn't, though, in the sense, some people do think he seems to go on the road, Everything, all these COVID protocols do matter. I'm very curious as the year goes on. We, let's, let's wait like four or five weeks. But like, how much does it really matter? Because my, my guess is these teams that are really good, like Baltimore's on the road this week. Uh, Kansas City's on the road this week. New Orleans is on the road Monday Night Football. I'm going to go ahead and guess those three teams and, and teams of their ilk are going to roll in these games against inferior teams on the road. It's not going to matter. There's nothing to stop the offense. 70 decibels is nothing. Nope, nobody's going to not be able to hear on the field because of 70 decibels to a loudspeaker. So I'm, I'm curious to see how that plays out. So speaking of the Ravens, they are on the road at Houston and a huge road favorite at seven, which I think we just mentioned a second ago. That's yeah. uh, one of the games that I'm really looking forward to this week. I'm also Patriots and the Seahawks is interesting to me. Can Cam and company do it on, on Sunday night? I find that to be pretty fascinating. And 
you know, the, so much Steelers hype here, and the Broncos coming off a, uh, a just a terrible Vic Fangio Monday night extravaganza. Why do why do teams not hire the clock operator coach? I'll, I'll never get it. We say this every single year. I totally agree with you. Like, there should be a mathematician who literally it's their only right, job. Right. That's you st- you stand next to the coach in the fourth quarter, and you just tell them what to do. This is what the hey, odds coach, say. Time out. <laughs> that's, Coach, that's I'd it. say take time out here, um, but yeah, I but that's never happened. I don't. What are you looking forward to this week? I'm also in. Uh, there's a there's a million games I love this week, but go ahead. Yeah, I I look at the Sunday night game, uh, Seattle and, and New England. It's weird because normally I look at like a divisional game or a real good interconference game. I want to see like I I'm not as high on what the Pats did week one as other people. Like they were fine and defensively they were very good, but I expect them to be very good defensively. What are they when they have to go on the road here and play what I think is is maybe the best team in the NFC? What are you getting then? Because to me, it's one thing beating the Dolphins at home. Fitzpatrick throws three picks. The Dolphins, they're not as good as New England. Like to me, listen, fine and fair enough, they won the game. But I, I want to see now, okay, Seattle comes in at home. Whether or not that matters, I guess we'll see, although it is cross-country, if, if anything at all. Um, to me. Wilson was 31 of 35 in Atlanta. I, I get Atlanta is not the best defense in the world, but still, that's that's talking. They got a lot of weapons, led by Metcalf, a second-year kid who's really a star. And one one interesting note, okay, the Pats only threw for 155 yards, okay, against Miami. That was the lowest total in the NFL when you don't adjust for sacks. If I'm Seattle, who blitzed. 34% of the time last week, which was ninth most in the league, I'm bringing more pressure this week. I'm coming after them, keep a spy on Newton, probably Bobby Wagner. There's nobody who's better fit for that. You don't have to worry about a tight end, and I'd say go ahead and beat me. You throw the ball. We're going to run blitz you all night. You throw the football. I am very curious to see if Newton can do that. If, if the Pats go in and win this game, I think that they are, I don't want to say for real because they're the Pats have been for real for 20 years. They're dangerous. I think they're dangerous if they win this game. If they go out and they lose this game, then I say, okay, they're decent. They might be a playoff team, but I don't put them in that upper echelon. I'm not going to say this is a bold prediction, even though I might make it my bold prediction. Or Also, just adding a segment into the show that maybe we can add Carm's bet of the week, when, even though I never bet. The, somehow the Patriots are being way overvalued in this game. Seattle is going to kill them, I, I, is, is what I see. I think, I think the Seahawks are going to crush Cam Newton, Bill Belichick, and the New England Patriots. The Lions three and a half. I, I, I think they win by two touchdowns. That's my prediction on Sunday night. I'm looking forward to watching it, uh, and and it'll be I'll be pleasantly surprised, I guess, from an entertainment standpoint, if Cam can keep it close. But I'm expecting this to not go well for New England. Well, I'll give you real quick the other game. I'm very excited to watch. And like you said, I think it's a pretty good week of games. Rams at Eagles. Rams played well week one. Dallas, as you mentioned, they made some mistakes. A ticky-tack interference call at the end on Gallup cost them a shot there to, to at least tie the game since it's overtime. But here, here's what I'm watching in this game. Aaron Donald is the best defensive tackle I've ever seen in my life. Now, you could start talking old school, mean Joe Green, Bob Lilly, so on and so on, but in, in my lifetime, he's the best defensive tackle I've ever seen. The Eagles allowed eight sacks against Washington. They only ran for three first downs. The line was awful. Lane Johnson, we'll see if he's back for this game. Can they block them? 
Can they block them at all? And here's the other thing. The Rams in week one had the shortest depth of target of any team in the NFL. They only averaged throwing the ball four yards in the air per attempt, but they ranked third in net yards per attempt, 8.4, which means they were getting the ball out quick and guys were making plays after the catch. Can the Eagles tackle them and make their plays? If they can, I think they lose this game. The Eagles have got to be much better both sides of the ball. Here's my bold uh, pick of the week. It was ugly in week one as we're talking about New England and Miami, but the Fitz magic is going to be back at home. Oh. And the Buffalo Bills are going to go down. Miami's going to get a win. And both New England and Buffalo is going to be one and one after week two after New England gets smoked out west and Miami takes care of business with the magic back. That is, my, I'm, I'm riding the Dolphins on a bounce back week for Fitz Magic. He's getting, the, he's getting one more nod in week two. I think he knows the season's on the line. I think he'll dial up the magic. My bold prediction for the week is that Pittsburgh shuts out Denver. Oh, God, I'd hate that. I, here's why. Okay. Denver could not do anything against Tennessee. I understand they moved the ball a little bit. They scored 14 points. And they and they did not look good doing it. They had a you know, they got locked on a lot of these rollout one read plays. And to his credit, excuse me, to his credit, he executed them. But when he had to really stay in there, get to a second and third read, make throws into tight windows, he was he was somewhat pedestrian. It wasn't bad necessarily. It wasn't bad, but it was average. Average ain't gonna play at Heinz Field this weekend. Saquon Barkley is, in my opinion, the best running back in football. Ran for six yards on 15 carries. Six yards. Like I, That's nuts. You factor in, Philip Lindsay's got turf, though. He's probably going to be out for this game. Their offensive line is not good. Garrett Bowles is terrible. The Steelers have, in my opinion, the best front four in the AFC. They're going to bring a lot of pressure. My prediction is Pittsburgh wins big and that they shut them out. Love it. All right, into the future we go. And we're going to start with the Bills and the Pats as we continue to look at the AFC East. Who is the favorite after we had the week one inspection? Uh, Buffalo, of course, being the Jets and New England taking care of Miami. I think you're going – I'm a little surprised. You're going with the Bills here, Matt? You're, you're, buying, you're buying Buffalo. I am. Well, I, I'm – I'm buying the roster. I think they're really good offensively and defensively in terms of their talent level. Josh Allen does scare me. I know Bill's Mafia, they'll come after you for saying that. Uh, but I'm willing to take that heat. I don't care what anyone wants to say. You go back and watch that game. He made some nice plays. He also had two ridiculously bad fumbles. Like, that stuff, people overlook that in wins because it's just, oh, well, what the hell? It didn't matter. It matters when you play good teams. He does that against good teams. They're losing. But that all said, I, I love the roster. I love the coaching staff. I do think they're a double-digit win team, 10, 11 wins right there. New England, I love the defense to an extent. But when they play good teams, we're going to see a Sunday night, they can't get a pass rush without blitzing. And against good quarterbacks, you're going to get housed doing that. You are eventually going to pay the price. Newton was fine. He was great on the ground. He's not going to be able to run the ball 15 times a week. And to me, he's going to have to sit in there and throw it. Other than Julian Edelman, who is he throwing to? Only five guys caught balls in New England last weekend, three of which you, I swear you've never even heard of. And then you had five to Nikhil Harry for 38 yards and five to Edelman. That is not going to play. I like Buffalo in the AFC, at least right now, we'll see how things uh, progress. 
So, all right, let me throw some stats at you here, Vertoran, because I'm diving deep into the Patriots' run attack, which, by the way, they ran it 65% of the time, not just 15 runs for Cam. It was ground, 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 ground. What do you like about this from the NFL next-gen stats? Newton running the ball 19 miles per hour on two runs, Matt Vertoran, the highest mark in the last four years. Um, that's, so, so he's still got some speed going on here. For, you know, they, they write for context, a quarterback reaching 19 miles per hour happened three other times across the NFL in week one. So he's, he's in the upper echelon. The 11-yard touchdown run, 19.2, fastest touchdown run in the past. How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K, unreasonably good. Five seasons, uh, and his a- the average maximum speed was 12.4 miles per hour. My point being that there's, as we saw in the offseason, where when he, when he was doing workouts at midnight from wherever the hell he was, Cam's still got something going on here. So I think Cam's I, good. I, the problem is there's nobody around him. That That's my problem. No, I, I get way, it. Nice yeah. research by you, Carl. But uh, I, mean, I, I, I just, I, I don't, I've always loved next gen stats, man. They are. They're very good. Um, <laughs> I know you're a big fan. I, I just look at them and say when they play good teams that can take the run game away from them or at least limit them, who is he throwing to? They have nobody. That, that, that is th- what the concern is. I don't see them being able to throw the ball very effectively this year. I, at the end of the day, I think I'm coming with you on Buffalo, but I, I'm very interested to see if, if this would be – let's put it this way. If New England w- get, wins the division this year, uh, it would be w- one of Belichick's greatest coaching jobs. See oh, you no later. Question. Right? No question. Yes. Yeah. So I, I, find, I find the whole thing fascinating. All right, Joe Burrow or Baker Mayfield going forward. Uh, I'm, we're talking about just this year, Matt. How are we looking at this one? Well, we're talking. We're talking just – in just the rest of time, beyond. oh my this god! This year and beyond, like, like just moving forward. Like, you still put who, Baker in that conversation, really? I have I'm no faith in yeah. Mayfield or Burrow. Who's going to have the better year? And excuse me, who's going to have the oh. better career? Better career, better career, better career. So who's in the better career? Baker Mayfield or Joe Burrow? I mean, to me, that I I would bet like Mitchell Trubisky has a better career than Baker Mayfield. I have wow. no fa- I have no faith in Mayfield left. Um, so I would buy Burrow just by default. And I, and I like Joe Burrow. But um, what are you seeing in Baker that gives you some confidence that he can be in the conversation even? I, I think you're going with Burrow, but what, puts, what, what, what are you seeing well, in, ba- that in Baker? Well, so he had a really good rookie season. And even though it feels like a lifetime ago, that was like 17 games ago. So you can yeah, argue in the NFL, okay. it is a lifetime. He, he did. He did. That's but fair. he played very well as a rookie. And then they put a lot more talent around him. And last offseason, he spent the entire time doing a GQ article and, and running his mouth on social media. And it, and it came back and bit him in the ass. And he stunk. And, and look, that's not the only reason he stunk. They stunk also because Freddie Kitchens is basically like you and me coaching that team. But this year, like I got here, – here's where I'm at with Mayfield. First game of the year. I watched that game live. I watched Baltimore-Cleveland, at least the first like, two-and-a-half quarters where it got completely out of hand. Then I went back and watched the rest of it uh, later on, on, I believe, Monday night. Mayfield had time to throw the ball. And I want to give – I think it was in next-gen stats, actually. I did see this. Uh, he had the third most time of any quarterback in the league in terms of, on average, he had three seconds on average per drop back to throw the ball. 
and he still couldn't do anything. He threw 189 yards, barely completed half his throws, threw a hideous pick. Uh, at some point, you've got to just be better. I don't care who the coach is. I don't care about, well, we didn't have an offseason. Nobody did. Who cares? Like, Lamar Jackson didn't have an offseason. He looked great. I, I don't care that you didn't have an offseason. None of it matters. You ran the ball. They ran the ball for over five yards of carry against Baltimore. So it wasn't like they were all on him all the time. He stunk. I watched every drive of his. He was terrible in the game. So I am taking Burrow because I just look at Mayfield and say, at some point, you've got to complete passes. Last year, he was under 60%. This year, he starts out terribly. Too many picks. Okay. Not enough ability to read past the first read. And if you, if you play combo coverage, he's a disaster. Burrow, I watched that game in its entirety as well live. Yes, he missed some wide open throws. But to me, those will come. He will make those throws. He made the plays to me that most kids don't make. Stood in the pocket, took shots, was able to deliver the ball on time and in traffic. You know, led them down the field when they needed to be led down the field. Now, they don't make the kick, but that's not on him. I like Burrow a lot. I would take Burrow significantly here moving forward. I think Mayfield's got talent, but I, I either either the work's not getting put in on the back end, which I don't know that to be true. I'm just saying either that's the case, which is why he's not progressing, or he just the, the rookie year was somewhat of a mirage, and he's simply not as good as we were led to believe. Look, his mechanics borderline stink if they don't just flat out stink. If we're looking for uh, some excuses for him. I mean, you're talking about four different head coaches now in, in young Baker's career, so perhaps you can give him a break on that. But, uh, sure. you know, the, the, guy's got, the guy's got more commercials than he has career victories. I mean, you know, so I, I just – I'm out. It was interesting what, uh, what Des Bryant said about him. Uh, Baker Mayfield, I like Baker Mayfield, but you have to play Case Keenum so he can learn how to run an offense with talent. If if Keenum plays, it'll be uh, the Houston Cougars in Minnesota all over again. So I look, there's a lot of there's a lot of talk going on on Baker right now, and I think all of it's worthy. Like I you this guy is, I mean, maybe it's the mouth that's bothering me so much with him. And and like last year in the tunnel when he was yelling at a fan, that's when I complete that was that was it for me. All right, you're never gonna learn. You're always gonna be this guy who thinks he can say anything whenever professionalism doesn't matter you just I'm Baker Mayfield I can do whatever I want it doesn't work that way at least I don't unless you're supremely over the top preposterously talented successful on the NFL level and he hasn't been that all right uh, so Burrow do me solid uh, do and I, I really just I think what Joe Burrow is going to be able to do for Cincinnati is going to be huge but uh only time will tell, I guess. Let, let's look at some uh, teams perhaps in some trouble here, the Broncos and the Texans, Matt. Who do you think is actually in more trouble between those two? That's a, that could be a tight race. I think it's Houston because Houston's next three games, including obviously this week, home to Baltimore, at Pittsburgh, home to Minnesota. They're exceedingly fortunate if they win one of those games. And the coach is just a, it's just a disaster, an abject, absolute disaster. I, I, and, and even if he was a great coach, there might be one three in these games, but I have no faith they're going to win the games they're always supposed to win because they always seem to blow games they shouldn't blow. Um, that said, I think they're both in real trouble because Denver's schedule going forward, they're also at Pittsburgh this weekend, and the next week they host the, the Tom Brady-led Buccaneers. They could be staring at 0-3 real quick too. So – 
I think they're both in a lot of trouble. And, you know, that's the funny thing to make a broader point about the NFL. And obviously, you know this, anyone listening knows this, but you know, baseball, you know, we watch 162 games typically, and you can have a bad month and you can adjust, you can get past and you man in football, a two game losing streak's like a five alarm fire. It's just such a big deal. And especially early, man, you fall behind. Now it starts to snowball. If you have a couple of injuries, you know, it's even worse. I look at Denver and Houston and say, both those teams are incredibly fortunate if they're not both 0-3. And, and if you're 0-3, just to get in the wild card, even with the seven team now making the playoffs, I mean, you're probably going to have to go 9-4 and four the rest of the way. Like, it's not impossible, but that's, that's rough sledding, especially the Denver. My God, they're still going to play the Chiefs twice. They still got to play the Raiders twice. Maybe they split those games. Yeah. They got to play New England. It, it's, it's a lot. You're asking See, a lot. They got to play the Saints. It's tough. Well, that's why, I, I mean, I think it's it's hands down uh, Denver. First of all, like, even as bad as this year, I think, is going to go for Houston. Ultimately, you do have Deshaun Watson. So sure. as, as yep. long as you don't kill him, uh, which they might, but as long as he doesn't get injured, then you have that building block. I, I thought Drew Locke looked okay week one. I he was mean, it fine. wasn't. It, he was he, fine. Right. But. It, this hurts me because I fell in love with Vic Fangio as a defensive coordinator in Chicago. I've been rooting for – I just wanted him to do well. And clearly he is showing warts as a guy who's never been a head coach. He was – his again, the clock management uh, was abysmal and just like baffling in week one. So uh, I feel bad for, for Fangio, not necessarily so much for the Broncos, but uh, yeah – that you needed to win week one. Yeah, te- Tennessee was a win you had to have. And, and they Tennessee should've... missed four kicks. Right. I mean, right. You should have. I mean, come you on, sh- man. Like... You should have won the game going away or at least eked it out, and you didn't. So I, I think it's the Broncos. Uh, do you think Brady has a bounce back week this week versus Carolina? Yeah, I think Brady's going to look like he's 25 this week because Carolina can't stop anybody. The defense is not good. And if you need evidence that they're not good, uh, they used every single draft pick they had on defense, okay? And they have obviously no Luke Keekley who's retired, Charles uh, Thomas Davis, long gone. Charles Davis, good broadcaster. Thomas Davis, long gone. Uh, they lose Bradbury off the corner spot this offseason in free agency. Man, it, it's just that's a, that's a lot. That's a lot. And now all of a sudden you're asking them to go in and stop Tampa in a game that Tampa's got to win, let's be real, got to win this game. I think it's a lot to ask for out of Carolina. And look, just to, to put a cherry on this, the Panthers tackling against the Raiders, who are not more talented than the Bucs, was not good. They missed 16 tackles last year, last week. Only the Jets missed more in week one. So Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, they got to be healthy. And Godwin's in concussion protocol, and Evans is dealing with the hamstring. But if they're healthy, I, I think they put up huge numbers this week. The, those two are huge issues, but uh... – I just think the Bucks narrative has kind of jumped the track here. It has. Look, like, look they, they were playing the Saints in week one. No one thought they were going to win that football game or should have thought they were going to win that football game. Their schedule gets a lot easier now. They should win this week. Then they're playing at, the, at Denver. Then, then you got the then you got the Chargers. Then you have the Bears. A lot of winnable games. A tough game with Green Bay. But then the Raiders and the Giants. So – uh, look, there's a lot of winnable games on that Buck schedule. Week one was yeah. not was not one of them, uh, I, and they I were was, you know, kind you know, in the game. Go ahead. Yeah. Listen, no, all I was going to say is they had the misfortune of that game being week one. If that game's week seven, nobody cares. I mean, right. it, it's, a, it's a blip. 
See, that's the danger in week one reaction. That's why, you know, hopefully we're being smart here. But there is, people go crazy. Like what you see week one is what you're going to see all 16 games. That is just anything but the case. You're going to have, Tampa Bay is going to be fine. Brady's at least going to be good. Like Tom Brady didn't forget overnight how to play football. He's going to be fine. He's going to be a good quarterback here. Yeah, yeah. I, I stick with uh, – he, he, he threw a lot of good balls in that game. There's, there's, there's something left in the tank. Let's do our in or out. Uh, we're starting with Los Angeles, the Chargers, and uh, we're wondering if – will they go to Justin Herbert – the Chargers go to Justin Herbert, I should say, before November, in or out, that will start before November. I'll, st- I'll go with this one first for him. I'm right. absolutely – I'm 1,000% in. Uh, you're – I don't think they're going to be in contention. I think there's going to be uh, no reason to not give him a chance to develop here in in year one. What do you think? I'm out. I'm actually out. Interesting. Because here's an unscientific point. During training camp, okay, Burrow's a difference. We knew he was going to be the starter. They got rid of Dalton and everything else. Tua is behind a reasonable quarterback in Fitzpatrick. And you heard a lot about him the entire offseason. Oh, he looks great. He's playing really well. He's moving around really well. You've not heard one word about Justin Herbert. Literally nothing. And the man was on hard knocks, and you heard nothing about him. That worries me. If he was playing really well, you'd hear it out of, out of L.A. You would. You, we all know how NFL teams and how pro teams in general work. That If they want to get a message out, they get it out. They'll leak it through some beat guys, leak it over the radio. What They'll – they will get the message out. Herbert, you didn't hear anything out of Justin Herbert. Nothing. And I look at Taylor. Look, Taylor's not good. Okay, I, like I said, I do those quarterback rankings every Tuesday. Um, I ranked him dead last. I, he, he threw for 6.9 yards an attempt. It, he completed 53% of his throws. So he's checking down and completing half of them. It's not great. But that's, you're not going to win games against any decent team. Doing, let's be real. They should have lost to the Bengals. Like the, the Bengals missed a million opportunities in that game, and if Bullock doesn't pull a hammy while he's kicking the field goal, they, they at least go to overtime. So I think Taylor's going to play out the year despite that he's not that good, uh, or at least will play maybe right to the very end, kind of like where Locke came in for five games last year or something like that. I, I, think, I think Taylor's in there for the long haul because I just don't think they have faith in Burrow yet to come out and, and play. That would be – if that if that's how it goes, then I would start betting that you absolutely blew the draft pick. If you have if 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 Taylor continues to play like he plays, and he's fine as a backup, by the way, I don't mind him. Yes, he's a very good backup. Yeah, I, but I okay. I mean, if that's the case, then the Chargers very much might have reached for a quarterback, uh, which a lot of people thought they were doing at the time. Let's let's bring in uh, the the Washington football team. And let's uh, ask in or out. Washington makes a playoff push behind their defense, led by my guy Chico Ron Rivera. What do you think? I'm out, but I love Rivera and the job that he's doing, and what a gutsy job it is. He's getting an IV during halftime for his chemo treatment, and he's coaching that team to a comeback win. I mean, God bless him. I, my problem with the, with the football team is they're going to be good defensively. And, and we actually haven't talked about this. I certainly know I wrote about it a few times. That front seven is packed with guys. Okay, Chase Young looked terrific, sack and a half in his debut. Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Ryan Kerrigan, they're all first-rounders. Like, that's a, that's a lot of guys who can play up front. The problem is going to be, I don't trust the quarterback, and I don't trust that offense. Progressive presents today's to-do list for your dog. 
Check front door. Check window. Check other window. Rest chin on ground. Look into distance. Bark for no reason. Check front door. Check window. Check other window. Your pet has a very busy schedule, so it's up to you to make sure they're protected. That's why Progressive Car Insurance covers your pets for up to $1,000 if they're ever in a car accident with you. Chase shiny ball. Lose shiny ball. Find shiny ball. Eat shiny ball. Get coverage for your pets with anti-auto policy from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage for cats and dogs included with a purchase of collision coverage and subject to policy terms. At all. They ranked at the bottom offensively in a lot of different categories. Haskins, a buck 78, complete about 55% of his throws, 5.7 yards per attempt. Like, that's not going to cut it. The, 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 the football team won because they got turnovers. And they're going to get some turnovers with that defense. But... I don't see them making a playoff push. I think they're about a six-win team. I think they're improved. And I think next year, if they can get better play out of the quarterback here as we go along, I think next year they're interesting. Uh, I, I like the direction they're headed. I just don't think this year is going to be that year. Well, let me ask you the question then, because I'm trying to figure this one out. Who do you trust in the NFC East right now? Now, granted, this feels like a huge week one overreaction, but Washington's got a division win. Granted, it was at home. I don't know if that matters or not, but I'll, I'll just state it. It's a good win. The Cowboys, good win. Cowboys didn't look great. Maybe that's your number one. And the Giants, I think we're a long way from believing in the Giants. So, the Giants stink. Right. So who, who in that division do you look at that's going to keep the – if you're talking about a playoff push, I think i got to be in here. I, I'm the dope that picked the Eagles to be the best team in the division. So I Maybe guess they my, will be. I was going to say, by proxy, I guess I have to say them. But I'll stick with the Eagles. I think the Eagles, even though they play like crap week one, I'll stick with the Eagles. Um, I think one of that, I think Dallas and or Philly, it gets in nine wins. And I think that's just too rich for Washington. All right. I'm jumping on, on the Washington football team bandwagon. I didn't think I'd be saying that this year. But after one win, I'm in, baby. You'll, you will make a quote-unquote playoff push by winning seven games, and that'll be enough to keep uh, things interesting in the NFC. Uh, let's get the Rams in here. Do the Rams bounce back and contend this season? In or out? I'm out. I think they could I think they could contend for a playoff spot because if there were seven teams last year that made the playoffs, they would have made the playoffs. I don't think they'll contend for a Super Bowl. Goff to me is above average, but not elite. They don't have any weapons that really scare you. Cup and Woods are are good, nice players. They're not top 10 guys at their position. The offensive line is so-so. Defensively, Donald is absolutely absurd. He's the best player in the game. I don't love the rest of that defense. Ramsey, to me, is a, is a very good player, but you know people act like he's Deion Sanders. If you watch the games, he is not that. He's, he's good. I, I don't even think he's one of the top three cornerbacks in the league, though. Like, I, I, would, I would definitely take Gilmore over him. I'd take Tredavious White over him. And I'd argue one of the Baltimore guys are better, whether it's Humphrey or, or Peters. Now, that's still you're still a damn good player, top five. But I, I think they're about a nine, maybe a 10-win team, which is, by the way, uh, a little better than I felt about them coming into the year. I thought they'd be about 500. I think they're a, a borderline playoff team in a very good conference. I do not put them with Seattle, New Orleans, Green Bay, so on and so forth. So just for sheer karma reasons – and somebody's going to get mad at me for this one. Hey, Sean McVay, can you actually put your mask on? Or actually, the way I would go about this too is like, look, if, if everybody's getting tested and you're doing all your protocols, why does anybody have to wear a mask once you're on the field? I'm glad you said that. And I'll let you. Go, why no, go is ahead. anyone wearing a mask? 
You're all testing negative. You're you're all in the same. Like there's nobody there. I I, I look. I you know we've talked. This. I'm all for like look protocol. Be safe. Be smart. You're all testing negative. It's like wearing a mask in the car. You don't need a damn mask in the car. It's just you. <laughs> I, I I don't understand it. The the mask in the car person is my favorite thing. Like I want to knock on their window. What are you doing? Are you worried about a fly in the back seat that you think you're going to give the virus to? And believe me, I'm all for safety. Take care of yourself. Take care of your loved ones. But why are you driving by yourself in a car and you're wearing a mask? Do you just forget that it's on? Is that what the deal is? Like you're just so used to having it on. That's the only viable explanation I can have. It's very odd. And I and don't I, like yeah. Andy mask isn't like a Andy reads in like a welder's mask. Like during the game, it's raining. You can't see. I just don't understand. You've all tested negative. No, nobody has it. Just go so, out there and play. So, so that it does make me wonder, like, maybe they're not actually doing the testing that often, and Andy, like, knows it, and he's way more knowledgeable about what's happening than any of us, and we just think they're doing this great testing, and Reed also knows that he's in terrible health and could, you know, keel over at any moment from, from something else other than COVID, so he's going to do his best to – you know, keep things safe. Don't that would you be dare put that on Andy Reid. I well, <laughs> I, I don't mean to do that to you, Mister Chief. And by the way, uh, it, I did the, my very best today to talk to Willie Lanier, uh, Chief, well, NFL Hall of Famer, Super Bowl champion, uh, class act. Willie had Willie's Willie's landline didn't work well. His cell phone didn't work well. The conference line didn't work well. But in between the intermittent talking to Willie Lanier, what a class act, Murderam! I just want to, I want to let you know that. Well, I, I will tell you this: I've interviewed Willie Lanier years ago for a long form I wrote on the '69 Chiefs and their defense. Willie Lanier is one of the nicest, most intelligent human beings I've ever yeah. spoken to. Yep. I, I got off the call and I was like, God, I am I am maybe a tenth of as intelligent as he is. I mean, he would talk about somebody who really just is one of the more intellectual human beings you could ever come across, in, in not only just in sports, in general. I mean, what a, what a wonderful person to deal with. No, Willie Lanier, uh, absolute yeah. class act. And I'll give you a funny story about Willie Lanier, okay, for the listeners. So 1969, they're playing in a playoff game at Chase Stadium, and they are winning 6-3 in the fourth quarter. The Jets have first and goal at the one-yard line. Willie Lanier is part of two of the big plays on the goal line. It's the biggest goal line stand in Chiefs history. They hold the Jets to an eight-yard field goal, and the, the goal line was still uh, adorned with the uprights. I know he screamed at him like, we're not letting him in, right? He did, but the best part of it, I asked him about it, and he said to me, I just kept jumping the snap count because I figured if I'm off sides, who cares? He was like, I was just going to try to time it because if I'm off sides, what do we lose? An inch? He was like, I'm just going to keep and – and he said that was a big key to that, that goal line stand was they were getting such a jump off the line because they just figured they held it. If we jump off sides, it doesn't matter. The greatest goal line stand in Chiefs history, they held them. Jets kick a field goal. Chiefs go down and score a touchdown on the next drive to Gloucester Richardson, and off they go. But William Lanier, great player, better person. African-American gentleman playing middle linebacker at that time was not normal either. First ever. And he went to the Hall of Fame. Not bad. God bless him. Um, All right, let's wrap up in our in or out with Baltimore or Pittsburgh. I don't know how we got on Willie Lanier, but I'm glad that we did. Baltimore or Pittsburgh, the AFC North favorite in or out? Uh, And uh, I I guess we should say, is Pittsburgh the AFC North? Okay, I was wondering if you were – Okay, is is Pittsburgh the AFC? I will say say they are because I picked them to win the division. 
I am like that defense is no joke. And I get it. People in Baltimore be screaming they have a great defense too. They do. But those two teams are going to play each other twice. You know why I picked Pittsburgh to win? Because I picked them to sweep them. Because nobody is running on that team. Nobody. Those Steelers defenses of yesteryear, and I'm not even going all the way back to like Lambert and, and Ham. I'm talking like Harrison and Woodley and Farrier and Casey Hampton and Palomalu, right? And Ryan Clark. You just could not run the ball on those teams. And they'd force you to throw and they get pressure without blitzing, or they'd bring the zone blitz that Dick LeBeau is so famous for, and they'd kill you. Now, Jackson's good enough, certainly, to, to beat the blitz and, and occasionally make some runs out of, out of that structure, even with uh, th- that great front facing him. But I, I like Pittsburgh, man. I've liked them all summer. I think the Steelers are really, really good. I think Baltimore's terrific as well. I think both those teams could win 12 games. Like I think, I think it's a great battle, but I like Pittsburgh in the head-to-head, and that's why I'll take them. It's a, I, I, you have had these, the Steelers conviction for months now, seemingly. I, I'm, I'm out. I, Baltimore looked great in week one. I'll ride with the Ravens to do it again this year as far as uh, be there right with Kansas City. Uh, but I don't, I don't feel like over the top about it. I, I, you, I, maybe because I'm listening to Matt Verderham so much in my life that I'm, I'm, starting, I'm starting to – feel some Steeler fear in my, in my heart. But uh, I, I, uh, I will be out with this, and Baltimore is going to continue to be what they've been the last year plus now. We're going to, against the spread here as we finally get some bets in here. And we're starting out with uh, my Bears, who are at home. They're a five-point favorite with the New York Giants. I you want to make a pick? you. Thoughts? Uh, thoughts. Well... I think it's really interesting that the Bears might have blown it with Robert Quinn, who they gave $30 million guaranteed to. He misses week one. I don't know if he's going to be on the field in week two. The guy had double-digit sacks one time in the last five years, and if that guy's not impacting the defense, something's missing on the defensive side of the ball for the Bears right now. I, I, they have not looked anywhere close to what they looked like in 2018. Khalil Mack is... I, I maybe maybe he's hurt and just tough guy not hearing about it. So it, it worries me that uh, they're giving up as many points as they are giving up against the Alliance team. By the way, they did not play great. Stafford did not have a great game, and they were still able to put up twenty three on them. But and five points feels like a lot of points. I'll I'll take the Giants. I think the Bears win, but I th- I think five feels like a little bit strong for this Bears team. We're in the same boat. Uh, Bears win. Giants cover. So here's my issue with the Bears beyond Trubisky because we've we've covered that in nausea. They only converted 18% of their third down opportunities against Detroit. Detroit is not good. Like it, it's not like you were going against a steel curtain there. Like it, 18% is not great. So I think the Giants, despite also having a bad defense, are going to be able to get off the field a little bit here. I think they're going to be able to force some punts. The reason I think the Bears win is because the Giants turn the ball over. I actually like Daniel Jones quite a bit, but he's under constant pressure. They can't block anybody. The, the Bears can get a rush. And if you look at it, look, he threw two turno- two, uh, two picks against the Steelers. One was not his fault. One was a hideous throw that got picked off in the end zone. Um, he fumbled 18 times last year. Ouch. I think that's their undoing. That, to me, is the undoing. I think the Bears win this game something like 16-13. Um, it's ugly. It's bad. It's 2-0 for the Bears, and look out for the Trubisky backers who are going to say that he now belongs in Canton. 
Bear down. All right, let's go to the Chiefs. Nine-point favorite, which is a bunch, but maybe not for the Chiefs, uh, going up against the Chargers on the road here. What do we got? So, Chiefs, I think, win. I will take the Chargers to cover. I think it's about a touchdown game. That's a lot of points. That's a lot of points. And I know the road may not really matter as much. This is the first time Chiefs have to go on the road in this environment and get used to it. The Chargers can play defense. They have a good defense. And Derwin James isn't there. But last year, they held the Chiefs in the 20s twice. Uh, they, they are a problem against Kansas City because they sit back. They're aggressive up front. But that secondary, they can mix and match. They've got good corners. Hayward, Harris, King. I, I worry if you're, you know, from a Chiefs perspective, that you're going to move the ball, but it's going to be slowly. It's going to be somewhat plotting, at least by their standards. I think you ask a lot uh, for for Kansas City to to win that game by more than a touchdown. I think it's, you know, I think the Chiefs. It's one of those games you're going to control, but you always just kind of feel like, okay. You know, the Chargers are at least hanging around. I mean, the scores last year were 24 to 17, and I and the Chiefs did score 31 the second time at home, week 17. Uh, I, I had to score you know, 27 to 20. I wouldn't be shocked if the Chiefs covered. The one thing with the Chiefs, they got pressure on Deshaun Watson 60% of the time. Nobody else got pressure 34% of the time, week one. That is absurd. If they do that again, They'll cover. They'll win by two touchdowns. But I'll, I'll take a slight cover by the Chargers. Chiefs win the game fairly easily. Just to get our guy Willie Lanier on here one more time, he screamed at me this morning. Like I'm like, what about Patrick Mahomes? It's a lock. They're going to repeat. He's like, dude, D4 lined up offsides. They didn't. They ended up losing the football game. Yep. It takes a team. He, he, he's just one dude. I'm like, yeah, but he's a really good dude. He's like, don't kid yourself. He's, you need a whole football team. So... Uh, but that being said, I'm taking the Chiefs to, to cover until they don't this year. So they're 1-0 on that one. I'm going for 2-0 this week. Uh, and and, and I, I think they come out of week one motivated to play a whole lot better. I didn't think they played particularly well, and they, and they still got it done fairly easily. Um, all right, Patriots and Seahawks. Seahawks are a four-point favorite. I, I already weighed in on this one. I've got Seattle killing New England. And the spread when we started the show is at 3.5, and, and I guess it's moved to 4. So, Matt Ferdinand, where are you going? Seattle to cover and win. I, I think Seattle covers. I, I don't know that I think they kill them like you do. Uh, I think they I think they win by seven to ten. I, I think I think they win again, kind of like Kansas City, comfortably. I, I I don't think it's a mask or I don't think it's a blowout. I think I think the Chiefs have a much bigger chance to blow the Chargers out than, than the Seahawks do in the past, just because it's Belichick. They're a well coached team. They're good defensively. They'll hang in the game. You know, Seattle has this tendency with, with Wilson to be conservative. They weren't week one. We'll see if they, they stick to their guns or if they kind of revert back a little bit. I like Seattle by 7 and 10. Seattle's really good at home. I know this is a weird year, but that's still a cross-country trip for the Pats. Again, much like the Chiefs, first game on the road in this COVID environment. I, I, I How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K, unreasonably good. I think Seattle wins by, like I said, 7 to 10 points. I, I feel comfortable saying New England will beat bad teams or below-average teams like Miami. Beating a good team, I, I, I'm not there yet, so that's another 
wait and see reason of why I feel Seattle's going to crush them, which now I'm starting to feel that twinge in my body. Like I am the public and you should fade me and fade everybody else who's doing it. Cause that's how the NFL works, but we shall see. All right. Saints are a six point favorite playing those Las Vegas Raiders. This feels I'm taking the Raiders here, Matt little, little home. Let's, 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 let's go for a stunner. I didn't think new Orleans looked very good at all. Um, but I, I'm willing to bet on an upstart Raiders football team to at least uh, cover the six here, if not win the game out. Where are you going? So I was going to pick the Saints to cover, and then it came out that Michael Thomas is going to miss several weeks, and I got concerned because it's Emmanuel Sanders now on the outside and nobody. I mean, yes, Jared Cook's a fine tight end. Kamara, obviously, a very good running back. I think the Saints will win the game. I think the Raiders will cover the spread. The Saints have just too much firepower, even without Thomas. Here's the problem the Raiders have. They can't cover anybody. They just can't cover. I mean, Bridgewater was throwing the ball. He, he looked like Johnny Unitas in that game. There was no ability to cover. So even without Thompson, the Saints win. If they had Thompson, they would have picked him by two touchdowns. I'll take him in a game, you know, three to four points, something like that. Uh, it's Monday night. The Raiders will be jacked up. And I think the Raiders will move the ball a little bit as well. I just don't think they're good enough to deal with what New Orleans brings to the table. I think New Orleans wins it, pulls away late, Raiders get a garbage time TD and, and you know, cover that way. Let's wrap up as we always do with our looking forward uh, and, and what's going on in your life right now here, Matt Berteram. Uh, I know it's a busy time for you, buddy. It, it is. I'm really just trying to keep my head above water here. A lot going on, <laughs> a lot to do. Talked last week about the queen getting her big girl bed. That That was big stuff. <laughs> She is killing me with that thing because now she's out of bed at 6.15 in the morning, slamming her door, screaming, turn on all the lights. Um, <laughs> she's going to the home if she doesn't stop. But uh, no, it's, other than that, I mean, really just just living the dream, man. I'm, I'm just so pumped football's back. It was so cool to watch week one. No hitches, no hiccups. You got week two already starting tomorrow. That's the crazy thing about the NFL. I talk to my dad about this every year. The season starts. It's week one. You're like, man, got a whole football season ahead. It's crazy. You got this four month plus journey. You blink and it's week 10. And, and you're, you're already looking at playoff races and who's doing what and who's got the big injuries this week. It's, man, there's nothing like football season. I'm jacked up about it and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing week two. There's a lot of games. You get, you know, week two is great in a sense. All those 0 1 teams got that pressure now. You got to win this game. The 1 0 teams, and they're trying to get out in front. You get this win, you get the 2-0, and you're in the driver's seat all of a sudden for a playoff spot. So I always like week two because it really starts to separate the teams a little bit. So just to bring in uh, another podcast that I am on, and by the way, I know you're, you're, there's going to be a Chiefs podcast that Matt Bergram's going to be doing. I don't know if we're breaking news on that one right here. We are, apparently. We are. Uh, That's okay. That's fine. Um, go ahead. Talk. So I had back-to-back this week. John Starks on Monday – followed by Shaquille O'Neal on Tuesday. That is a twofer that I never thought that I would get to do on back-to-back days. So it was quite the week. Um, Starks is just – it was so fun to tell him that, you know, I hated you. (laughs) And and, and now, you know, I've got so much respect for how you competed. Uh, And everything about that guy, I freaking love him. And and Shaq, we've had on a couple times now because he's always promoting something. Uh, and he was he was he was great as always. Starks gave me more time. He was he was willing to talk pretty much all day. We cut. I, I let him go out for twenty some odd minutes. 
uh, Shaq, they were telling me to get off the phone with them, Carm. So that one was only nine minutes. But uh, anyway, it was it was fun to talk to those two guys. So if you want to check it out, it's uh, on the Windy City with uh, Mark Carmen. So. And, and I will say, first of all, you should subscribe to that if, if you like listening to Carm here. You should definitely do it. I listen to that podcast because I love John Starks. John, I mean, obviously, for anyone who doesn't know, I'm a Nick fan. I grew up in New York. Uh, I don't like talking about it now. But I, in my office where I'm sitting right now, I have a John Starks the Dunk poster. Uh, framed up. I've had it since I was a little kid. Uh, and, and listen, I opened admitting that it was not a dunk over Jordan. It was a dunk over Horace Grant. That's fine because it was. But I loved John. I when it, when I was a kid and he got traded to Golden State for Latrell Sprewell, I cried. I loved John Starks. He was my hero. I loved how tough he was. I loved how much of a fighter he was. I bought his I bought his autobiography. Read it cover to cover. Uh, so I was very jealous of you that you got to interview John Starks. Cause I, if I ever met John Starks, I'd be like a little kid. Again, I, he was, he was my idol in terms of basketball growing up. I said the same thing with, I was talking to my buddy, Steve Grothy, his diehard Nick fan, who's a basketball coach. He's a teacher now, whatever. And he's, he's like, dude, you have no idea. That's my favorite Nick. I mean, Pat was the best, but. But like, there's so much love for Starks. It's really cool. Cause he's and, got the, he embodies New York. Like tough, gritty, in your face, like everything. I mean, there was that game, and we'll we'll cut it because I know we got to go. But there, that, that '94 game against Indiana, where he got thrown out for headbutting Miller, <laughs> and like people in New York still like loved him for that because they hated Reggie. Like, every New Yorker in the world wanted to headbutt Reggie Miller, which, by the way, I met him years ago, and I got to tell him how much I hated him. I was covering the March <laughs> Madness thing, and he was, of course, one of the broadcasters for Turner. <laughs> And to his credit, it was in New York, it was in Midtown Manhattan. He he busted out laughing. He's like, "You a Nick fan?" And I said, "Yeah, of course." And he's like, "Yeah, how how twenty six points in the fourth quarter feel?" And he said it smiling, you know, and he you know hit me on the shoulder. I said, "It hurt, but I'm guessing not as much as Game Seven hurt for you." Kind of like mutual, like, "Yeah, that really sucked." And we just both kind of parted ways. But ultimate respect for Reggie after that, man. But it, those are those are fun times. It, it's it's underrated that you never really realized that uh, one day you'd be able to tell those guys that you hated them, and everybody would kind of be able to laugh about it. It's and, it's and fantastic. It, it's really it's it's awesome. <laughs> uh, hey, you, everybody should be subscribing to this podcast and rating uh, stacking the boxes. Uh, and we really thank you for listening today, as always. Uh, back on it on Sunday night. I don't know if Matt's doing anything special. And the the Chiefs podcast alongside Patrick Allen is coming. Uh, So whenever that's out, we, of course, will uh, promote it over here as well. But looking forward to you doing that because I think you know a little something about those Kansas City Chiefs that have a little bit of fire in your belly about that team. So I think it's going to be awesome. I got tapped to do it. It's an honor. Patrick Allen and I will be doing it, the Arrowhead Attic Chiefs podcast. We are breaking news on that. We haven't even announced it yet, but we are doing it. Uh, I'll be doing it twice a week. We're excited. I don't want to say exactly when it's going to start, but it is going to start very, very soon. I don't want to get the exact day out because we're still nailing that down. But, yes, it's going to be out. It's going to be exciting. I'm going to tweet about it and promote it like crazy. I will we'll still be doing this podcast, of course, so don't don't worry about that. It'll, I'll just be doing both of them. Uh, and we will have a lot of fun. So you'll get the national stuff here, and you'll get me with just the Chiefs, uh, <laughs> which, of course, was my roots, both as a fan and as a professional covering the team. So, that will be fun, but thank you for listening to this version of Stack in the Box. Thanks for subscribing. If you haven't already, please do. Leave a rating, leave a comment. We love you. 
And uh, we'll be talking to you again Sunday night after week two of the NFL season wraps up. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.